Hey, y'all, it's Bo Haig. Thank you so much for listening to this message today. If you have questions, please contact us at 580-216-6427. And we hope that God uses this message to change your life. Starting November 16th, we have an awesome thing that's going to happen. And we are starting two services, a 9 o'clock and a 1030. Let's give a hand. And so we're excited about that, and, and we hope, again, that you will begin to, uh, if you haven't already, pray for that transition. We need double the workers because we're going to be doing double the service. So if you haven't volunteered, that means everybody. If you haven't volunteered, we need your help to uh, make those services go off without a hitch. It's going to be an awesome time. Again, 9 o'clock and 1030, and we will, um, we will have a great time. And that's November the 16th. Last week, I started a series called... Cowboy trappings, cowboy trappings, how, and here's the subtitle, how to enjoy the things of this world without being trapped by them, right? How many of you guys were here last week? Anybody here last week? Yeah, cool. Well, here's the thing. Um, Again, in a couple weeks, I'm going to be headed to Amarillo with my wife. We're leaving the kids. We're going to do all kinds of fun stuff. And we're going to have a good time. My, my wife's going to get to go to, you know, she's going to get to go shopping alone. Some of you women, give it a hand. Yeah, she, no kids. She's going to get to stay in the store as long as she wants without kids crawling in, you know, underneath the clothing and all that junk. What was that, Matt? What are you playing here? Turn it on. Oh. I, yeah. Matt, Okay. Matt, you're getting me in the mood, and it's, not, it's, a, little, it's a little early. My, my wife, <laughs> Matt, you're fired, dude. You're fired. I'm just kidding. But we are. We're going to uh, the WRCA finals in Amarillo, and, and there, if you didn't realize it, there is the best trade show and trapping show, cowboy trappings, cowboy trade show that you can you can buy bur- you know bits, you can buy you know uh, you can buy all kinds of stuff, anything you want to buy, anything you want to sell, anything you want to trade, you can buy there. I mean, it's the greatest cowboy gear show that I've ever been to. Um, and again, I, I believe, you know, that it can trap you if you're, if you're not careful. It traps me when I go. But you say, what are trappings? Again, I, when I thought about that word, I thought, well, what's that mean? So again, I did a little research. I looked it up online. Uh, trappings, the definition actually means ornamental equipment. Okay? Ornamental equipment or clothing. And so again, you say, what are trappings? For a cowboy, trappings are the gear or the equipment that he uses, Right? Whether it be his bit, whether it be a saddle, whether it be, you know, again, um, whether it be bridles or, you know, ropes, you know, even their clothes. These trappings, again, are the gear that they use. They can be fancy gear or they can be really simple gear. And so, again, that's what the trappings are. And most cowboys, including myself, these trappings are their treasure, right? I've seen a lot of cowboys uh, spend more money, again, on those trappings of their gear than they do on anything else they have. Um, and again, so it, it can be their treasure. Um, and again, while a tack room full of trappings is okay, here's the, here's the point that I want to get to. As uh, a cowboy or not, I believe, and if we were to all be honest, I believe that all of us would say that we are more prone to focus our time and our efforts and our energy on the things of this world than on the things of God, Right? 
I mean, again, we can get caught up into this materialistic world and we can get focused in on the trappings of this world and lose focus on what is really important and what you know glorifies God. And so, again, this brings me back to the question of how do we enjoy the things of this world? How do we enjoy the trappings of this world, the gear, the stuff that we have without being trapped by them? Well, let's look at our key scripture right here. Matthew chapter 6. It's on the screen. Matthew chapter 6. It's a great verse. It says this, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy or where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in what? In heaven, where moss and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. In verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Again, some awesome verses there. And again, this is where our focus lies in this series. Last week, we answered four questions. Number one was this, are the trappings and the treasures of this world sinful? Remember that question? Are the trappings and the treasures of this world in and of themselves sinful? The answer is no, right? You remember this? I mean, the answer is no. God at creation created everything and he said it is what? Good. He said it was good. And so again, are they sinful in and of themselves? Are the things of this world sinful in and of themselves? Absolutely not. Well, number two is this. If the things of the world are not sinful in and of themselves, what makes the trappings or the treasures of this world sinful? What makes them sinful? Well, here's the things that we looked at. If our heart is set more on the things of this world, then we're probably trapped by the treasures of this world. Also, if we only store up things of this world for ourselves. Remember that? I mean, again, if all we're doing is storing up treasures for ourselves, then we're just being selfish and we're not being generous with what God has given us. And so that's what makes it sinful, right? And so again, if your heart is set more on the things of this world than on the things of God, then it's a sin. You know what the sin is? Again, idolatry. You have put things ahead of God, right? And so again, that's what makes, makes them sinful. Well, number three is this. How do I know where my treasure is? How do I know where my treasure is? And here's the answer. Follow your heart. Wherever your heart is, there your treasure will be also. It's what the verse just said, right? Follow your heart. Find out where your mind is, what controls your mind. Find out what controls your time. Find out what controls your what? You remember? Find out what controls your... Can you all say this? Wallet. Good job. Are you with me today? I mean, we built, you know, five miles of fence and I'm here. Come on now. You can be here with me. So again, you got to figure out what controls your mind, your time, and your wallets. Number four is this. Who should be our treasure? Yeah, God. Jesus Christ should be our treasure. He should be first in every part of our life. Everything that you own ought to be His. Everything that uh, that you've been given has been given to you by Him, right? And so again, he should be first, and, and that includes the material. Well, that leads to question number five, and that's what I want to answer today. Let's look at these scriptures again, verse 19 and 20. It says, Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, or where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, 
Now, I want to stop right there. These verses not only say that we aren't supposed to store up treasures on earth, but they, are, they say that we're supposed to store up treasures in what? In heaven. So here's the question. Here's question number five. How do we store up treasures in heaven? Again, it's a simple question, but a lot of, I mean, when we read this verse, we're like, oh, I don't know what that means. I mean, really, how do I store up treasures in heaven? I'll give you a verse, and this is going to be the answer. Ready for this? 1 John 2, verse 17. Listen to what it says. It says, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God will live or lives for what? Forever. Here's number one. Here's the, here's the number one answer to this question. Number one, we must realize that the world, listen to this. We must realize that the world and the things of this world are temporary. I don't know about you, but that, that, that blows me away because again, I'm so busy working at trying to get things put together. You know, buy this, buy that, buy this, you know, get these clothes, get, you know, whatever I can. But and when you think about it, the things of this world are temporary. They're temporary. Look at the verse again, verse 17, the first part of it. It says, the world and its desires will what? Pass away. In other words, the world is not permanent. It's not permanent. Um, I'll give you an example of this. Last week, um, uh, I was talking to my friend Cody. I don't know if Cody's here today, Cody Sander, but um, we met in the bathroom, you know, where all guys talk. And I uh, asked him how he was doing. He said, hey, I'm cleaning up a, you know, a new place I got in Kansas. He bought some new land in Kansas. He says, I'm cleaning it up. And I've been bulldozing another person or someone else's treasures into a hole and cleaning this stuff up. And I thought, he didn't know what he just said because he didn't know what I was preaching about last week. And he just told me that he was pushing all these person's treasures into a hole and covering them up so he could clean up his land. And again, you say, well, what, what, what does that show you? Again, I, you know, because these things are temporary. Everything that you have is either going to burn up one day or be ate up by mice. I mean, I got a saddle. It was, it's the coolest little saddle. It's a 10-inch saddle. It's, uh, we had it handmade. It has a seat rigging in it. It has our brand on the back of it. And it's the coolest little saddle. It'll be an heirloom, something that we treasure. And I should have brought it, but I forgot it. But, but we treasure it. But here's what happened. The other day, I walked into the tack room, and guess what? A mouse has been on that cute little saddle and chewed up the candle of it. You know what that shows me? Things are temporary. I can, put all the, I can put all the effort, spend all the money and all that stuff, and one of these days it's all going to be ate up. It's temporary. Again, and, and so here, let me give you this example. The great King Solomon, remember Solomon? I mean, he was the wealthiest man in the world at that time. He was also the wisest man in the world at that time. He had everything that he wanted and more. But listen to this. In, in Ecclesiastes, which, which uh, Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, he says this, out of his wealth and, and the frustration of his wealth, he, he, he didn't find satisfaction. Listen to these verses, Ecclesiastes chapter 2. 
And he starts out as a pessimist. Listen to what he says. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, it says this, Solomon's talking. He says, so I hated life because the work that this, that is done under the sun was grievous to me. All of it is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. I hated all the things I had told for under the sun because I must leave them to one who comes after me. And who knows whether that person will be wise or foolish. Yet they will have control over all the fruit of my toil into which I have poured my effort and skill under the sun. This too is meaningless. Verse 20, so my heart began to despair over, the, over all the toilsome labor under the sun. For a person may labor with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, and then they must leave all they own to another who has not toiled for it. <laughs> this too is meaningless and a great misfortune. Verse 22, what do people get for all the toil and the anxious striving with which they labor under the sun. All their days, their work is grief and pain. Even at night, their minds do not rest to this, or this too is meaningless. And then Solomon takes a turn and he goes from being a pessimist to accepting the life and the gifts that God has given him. Listen to what he says in verse 24. It says, a person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their toil. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? To the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering up and storing up wealth to hand it over to one to the one who pleases God. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Do you see what Solomon's saying? I mean, again, the richest guy in the country at that time. And he's saying, guess what? Number one is this. This is the first thing he says. He says, first of all, you can't keep it. You realize that? I mean, the trappings of this world, you can't keep them. I mean, one of these days, someone's going to come along and you're going to die and you're going to have to give everything that you own to someone else. Do you realize that? That scares me. What, am I, what the heck are my kids going to do with my stuff? They better not, I'm going to sell it all. They're not going to get nothing. No, I'm just kidding. I'll give them whatever I've got. They can have it all, right? But here's the thing. So you, you got to realize what Solomon is saying is you can't keep it. Number two, he's saying this. You and I are just stewards of our wealth. I mean, think about it. The things that you own, the land that you own, all the stuff that you own, you're just a steward of it. My wife and I, again, we rented some wheat pasture. The guy that owns it, Joe Bob Stump, I mean, he owns the land. I just get to take care of it for a little while and run a few calves on it. And I get to maybe make a little money. That's what we all want, right? Does it always happen like that? Do you ever make money on cattle? Say yes, because I'm just getting into it. Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, if I sell this week, I bought them last week. No, I'm just kidding. But here's the truth. You, you are only a steward of what you've got. God is the owner of everything. And one of these days, we are going to have nothing and someone else is going to have it. So you're only a steward. Number three is this. You can't protect it. You can't protect the stuff that you have. I mean, again, one of these days I'm going to die and somebody else is going to get all the stuff and they may be stupid, they may be a fool, and they may squander it all away. I can't protect that. I'm going to die. I mean, again, I'm going to give up all that stuff. You can't protect it. Number four is this, and this is, again, where, where Solomon changes his heart and he says, we might as well enjoy it. 
Did you check that out? I mean, verse 24, you might as well enjoy it. Uh, Look at verse 24. A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, you cannot eat and find enjoyment. You know what he's not saying? He's not saying eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. He's not saying that, is he? You know what he's saying? Be thankful for what God has given you and enjoy it. I don't know about you, but I like that part. Can we get a little you know, excitement about that part? I kind of like that. <clears throat> Here's why. I think a lot of people, they become so heavenly minded that they're no earthly fun. Anybody with me? I mean, again, here's, think about this. If God has given us these things for our enjoyment and we don't enjoy, men, enjoy them, would that not be a sin? Think about it. I don't know about you, but if God's going to give me some things, I'm going to enjoy them. When people say, ah, oh, I hate my job, I hate going up, just quit. Quit and get a job that you like. I mean, again, enjoy this world. Again, I I meet people all the time and they're all down and out and I love them and I'm going to try to encourage them. But listen, we are called to enjoy this life. And again, if you can't enjoy it, you're sinning. I, I don't know if you're sinning or not, but you're probably sinning. Because again, if God has given us the treasures of this world for our enjoyment, and you can read about it in 2 Timothy, that's what he's done. Listen, and if we don't enjoy them, I don't know. That's something to think about. There are two ways to live this life. Listen to this. A person that is trapped by the treasures of this world lives for the temporary. A person that is dedicated to Christ is a person who lives for eternity. A trapped person lives for his own pleasure. An eternal focused person enjoys the pleasure of this world, but ultimately lives for God's pleasure. Yes, a trapped person lives for what he can see. An eternally focused person lives for what he cannot see. A trapped person by the treasure of this world lives for the approval of man. An eternally focused person lives for the approval of God. And so number one, we must realize, yes, thank you. (laughs) Number one, we must realize that the world and the things of this world are temporary. And so again, I go back to the question, how can we store up treasures in heaven? Number two is this, and I'm done. Number two, we must do the will of God. I want you to think about this. If we are going to store up treasures in heaven, then we must do the will of God. Look at 1 John 2, 17 again. It says, the world and its desires will what? Pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives for what? Forever. Listen to this. Only what is a part of God's will will last forever. Think about this. I mean, again, I ask this question. How do I store up treasures in heaven? If I'm not supposed to do that on earth, how do I store them up in heaven? The key is living inside God's will. And you say, well, what is God's will? I mean, I've heard the song about God's will, and that's about a little kid. But what, 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 is, the, what is God's will? I'll give you a definition of God's will. It, it's this, God's purpose and his plan for your life. If you want to know what God's will is, it is his purpose and his plan for your life. And you say, Bo, how do we find out what God's will and his plan is for our lives? 
Here's the, here's the answer to that. Ready for this? You have to give your life to Jesus Christ. I want you to think about this. If you are in search of God's will for your life and you don't know Jesus, then you will probably never have true, and true assurance of what God's will is for your life. You know why? Because when you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes into your life and will reveal what his purpose and his plan is for your life. If you don't know Jesus, then you don't have the Holy Spirit in your life to guide you into his perfect plan and purpose. Does that make sense? And so again, without Christ, you have no true assurance of what God's will is. Only he can reveal it to you. And here's the cool thing about Jesus. Jesus wants you to understand it. It's not like he dangles this out in front of you. He goes, hey, see if you can see if you can get this. See if you can catch this. See if you can understand this. No, he says, here it is. This is what I want for your life. And he wants us to understand it. Look at Ephesians 5. It says, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but what? Understand. Let's say that again. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Here's a secret. Understand, and this is something you need to understand as well. Understanding is not enough. Let me, let me point this out. You may understand God's word, but it's not enough. You got to what? Do something about it. Um, I'll give you an example. I, you know, I understand how to start a cult. I'm not, I'm not a, a great horse trainer, but I can start a cult. You know how I learned? I, I read I read all I could. I bought all the books I could. I watched the RFD TV all I could. I watched Clinton Anderson. I went to his clinic. I went to Craig Cameron's clinic. I went to all these clinics and I learned how to start a cult. You know why? Because I, not a, some of you guys are looking at me like, what kind of cult? <laughs> I'm talking about horses here. And a lot of people walk out of here, both started a cult? Yes, and I'm brainwashing you. <laughs> We're all going to drink something after we leave here. David Koresh. No, I'm just kidding. He's my hero. No, I'm just playing. Um, but here's the thing. I, again, I can understand that because I read about it and I went to the clinics and I did all the studying. But here's the truth. It wasn't until I stepped into the round pen with a cult and started training that cult that I began to be a cult starter. Right? I mean, again, I can, I can understand how to, you know, start a cult, but if I don't ever actually get into the round pen and start training one, then I'm not a cult starter. I'm not a horse trainer, right? And again, it's the same way spiritually. It, knowing God's will and understanding it is different than doing it, right? I mean, again, you need to understand this because this is going to open your mind. Understanding God's will, you say, how do I understand it? You read his word. You pray. Again, just like I read all the books I could and watched all the shows that I could on starting a cult, I, I, I can read all this all day long. And guess what? He'll reveal his will to me. I can understand it. But here's the thing. Once I understand it, guess what? I have to do something about it. I have to actually live it out. If I don't do anything about it, then I will not store up treasures in heaven. You can have all the knowledge of the world. You can have all the knowledge of the Bible. But if you don't live it out, it's pointless. 
It's pointless. And you say, what do you mean, Bo? Well, if it's God's will for me to be generous to people because God has been generous to me and I don't do it, then I'm not storing up treasures in heaven. If I do do it, then I'm storing up treasures in heaven. If it's God's will for me to love others, then if I do it, then I'll be storing up treasures in heaven. If it's God's will for me to live a holy life, if I do it, then I'm going to be storing up treasures in heaven. So here's the key. If you obey the word of God, you will be doing God's will and therefore storing up treasures in heaven. Listen, we are wasting our life if all we do is live for the here and now with no regard for what's to come after this life is over. Are you listening? And, and, and so again, here's my question. Are you storing up just treasures on this earth or are you storing up treasures in heaven? I want you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a minute. The Bible teaches us, and you learn just as I've read today, slowly but surely this world will pass away. It's going to. But here's the truth. The man, the woman, the boy or the girl that lives to fulfill God's will will live forever. The one that has given their life to Jesus Christ and understood his will and is living it out will be able to store up treasures in heaven. And so here's my question to you. Where is your focus Is your focus, are you trapped by the things of this world or are you focused on the things that are eternal? What will you have more of when you die? Will you have more earthly treasures or will you have more heavenly treasures? I don't know about you, but I want to have some more heavenly treasures than I do earthly treasures. And guess what? Now that I understand that, I have to do something about it. And so here's the question as well. Do you understand God's will for your life? You say, no, I I don't, Bo. Well, again, first of all, you got to give your heart to Jesus Christ. If you truly want to know what his will is for your life, if you want to store up treasures in heaven, you have to give your life to Jesus Christ. And you say, how do I do that? Again, the Bible is, is really clear on this. It, It says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you will confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You know what that word saved means? It means that he cleanses you from all your sin. Even now, he cleanses you from all your sin. Your past can be wiped away. All the mistakes that you made can be wiped away. All the sin that you've committed can be wiped away. And he can make you new. He can take away the pain. He can take away the trouble. He can take away all the stuff that you are carrying around and he can make it new. And here's what he says. He says, if you'll just confess me as your Lord and Savior... I'll come into your life and I'll save you. And not only that, when I come into your life, I'm going to show you my will for your life. That's what Jesus says. 
And so maybe you're here today and you just need to sit there and you're in your own seat right there. We're not going to ask you to come to the front or do anything crazy like that. All we ask you to do and all God is asking you to do is just maybe in your heart right there, right there in your seat, you just say, okay, Lord, I confess my sin to you. I give you my life. I give you my heart. Please come into my life and save me. I want to know your will. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, that simple prayer, Jesus Christ lives inside of you. You've gone from living for the temporary to living for the eternal. And he, he has changed your life. And here's the thing. You're going to need help living that life out. And here's all we ask you to do. If you'll just grab that orange card that was on your chair, put it in one of these yellow buckets, check on there. Hey, I accepted Christ today for the first time. And I want to know more about how to grow in my walk with Christ. Just do that. Place it in that yellow bucket and we will contact you about your decision. Here's the other thing. Again, maybe you're a Christian and you're just not obeying God's will. Listen, if you want to store up treasures in heaven, then you have to begin to obey his will. You can sit here in this church. You can come to church. You can be a church goer. That's not enough. You can understand what the Bible says, but if you are not doing anything about it, then you are not storing up treasures in heaven. So some of you that are already Christians need to change your life. You need to say, okay, God, I'm going to begin to live according to your will, not mine. And so listen, if you need prayer for that, if you uh, make that decision today and you want us to know about it, we want to pray for you so that you can begin a new life as well. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. And again, if you're a first-time guest, we will love to connect with you as soon as church is over here. And if you want to join our church, again, new members class in the cafe as soon as church is over as well. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to come and to learn how to store up treasures in heaven. Lord, may we begin to not live for our own will, but to live for your will. And may everything that we do please you for your glory. We thank you for the things that you've given us and how we can enjoy them. And may we glorify you in all that we do and all that we have. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you for being here. Have a great afternoon. Thank you again for listening to this message. And we hope to see you every Sunday at the Woodward Livestock Auction at 1030.